responding to do some active listening and engagement as to how we can serve better in our community. There are a variety of listening sessions which are intended to train us as individuals on how to listen to people. And these sessions are Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Information is in the bulletin. There is a sign-up link in the bulletin as well. If you need more information, Sharon McElfish, who's in the back, raising her hands, please connect with her. She'll be able to provide you with information. With that said, let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Let us pray. O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you, that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, you govern all things both in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear the supplications of your people and in our time grant us your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Good morning, family. Thanks. So this morning's reading is from the prophet Micah. <clears throat> Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him. 
and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow before myself to God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson comes from 1 Corinthians. The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has, he not, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demanded signs and Greeks desired wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God 
and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human's wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the, word, in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Jesus Christ, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. The word of the Lord. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And then he began to speak, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revel you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. And what does the Lord require of you, collectively and individually? What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, once again, good morning to everyone. It's a blessing to see you all here. In a blessing to be here with you. Um, you know, we are um, blessed by the scripture passages that we have today. So I want you to make sure you take this bulletin with you and meditate with um, what we have before us because we have some great, great passages. Beginning, of course, uh, with the verse that I just quoted there from Micah. And then we have the Beatitudes open up the Sermon on the Mount and you know while they they point to a, a promised time when God's kingdom will be fully realized right it says blessed are those uh, who mourn for they will be comforted they speak again right of that time when these will be fully realized but they also call us to continue the ongoing task to do as Micah said to to do justice to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. Behind all of this, behind all of this stands the hand of God. And today, we realize and recognize that behind it stands the cross. Behind the ethics, behind the good deeds, stands the crucified Savior and our foolish proclamation that God's power was revealed in a supreme act of surrender and weakness. Today, brothers and sisters, I want to, in a sense, lift high the cross. For as St. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, we preach Christ crucified. These verses there in this passage there from, from the letter are some of Paul's most powerful as he lays out the elements of a story and a reality that should always confound us and should always challenge us. Woe to us 
if we disregard the seriousness of the crucified Christ as a crucified Messiah was a stumbling block to those Jews who could point to the Torah and, and pull out the verse from Deuteronomy that says, Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. And in this case, the cross is the tree. And so how in God's name is the question, how in God's name could the cursed cross bring salvation? For the Greeks and for the Gentiles, this idea is absolute foolishness, lacking any sense of wisdom. In the second century, the uh, Christian apologist Justin Martyr wrote these words. They say, they say that our madness, our Christian proclamation, our madness consists in this, that we put a crucified man in second place after the unchangeable and eternal God, the creator of the world. Foolishness, madness. Yes, we preach Christ crucified. We lift high the cross of Christ, who was born in a stable and not a palace. Christ, whose family knew what it meant to be refugees, running from powerful men who thought nothing of slaughtering babies. Christ, who healed the sick, lived among the poor, and reordered our way of thinking about ourselves, our world, and our God. As Paul said, God chose what is low and despised in the world to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. All of our pride, all of our riches, our degrees, our achievements, all these can be laid aside, can be reimagined and repurposed. And all of this, of course, is no easy thing to do, to do these things, but it is required because it is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Jesus Christ as our crucified Lord, but not only Christ crucified, but we also preach the Word made flesh, Christ resurrected, Christ ascended, Christ enacted, Christ alive in our lives. As the old song says, He lives. You all know that song? He lives. He walks with me. He talks with me. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know that he lives. He lives within my heart. And I pray that he lives within your hearts. He lives. And yet, he also died. And this is what St. Paul wanted to impress upon the Corinthians. To remind them and us of God's seemingly nonsensical act that ended up subverting the world's values. In the coming weeks, we will hear more from the Sermon on the Mountain, the verses following the, today's Beatitudes, and we'll hear Jesus say, you have heard it said. And then he'll fill in the blanks. But I say to you, I reorder those old values. 
His teaching is powerful, but it is the cross that is the supreme paradox. And it is from that that we draw our strength and our faith. In a sermon that is entitled, Paul's Letter to American Christians, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, that event on Calvary is more than a meaningless drama that took place on the stage of history. It is an eternal reminder to a power-drunk generation that love is the most durable power in the world. Love, durable. Love, resilient. Love, empowering, as King and so many others experienced so many times in their lives and that you experience in your own lives. God's precious love made real on Calvary is stronger than human strength, for it has withstood and overcome the might of empires and systems hell-bent on destroying the dignity of God's children. All this, brothers and sisters, you already know. I hope I am not laying on you something that you've not heard of before. But like St. Paul with the Corinthians, I am merely here to remind you to stay centered on Christ crucified. We know of the, the story there, the, the, the letter of the Corinthians and what brought it about them. They had gotten themselves all caught up in, in all sorts of, of factions and, and games of, of one-upmanship, basing their worth on who was perceived to be the most spiritual or the most capable of speaking in tongues or the most charitable or the most eloquent, right? Who gave the most, how that made them, in their perceptions, the nearer to God. And you recall that in chapter 13, Paul opens that chapter by saying, If I speak, if I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It is not by my eloquence that I am drawn to Christ. There was plenty of boasting going on in Corinth. And Paul hoped to put it to an end. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord, he said, pulling a passage from the prophet Jeremiah. Now we here, I pray, are not so sorely afflicted as those souls there in ancient Corinth. But as I say, their reminder is also ours. Their cautionary tale is for us to consider and reflect upon. For we are equally susceptible to their wanderings and their failings if we stray too far from the cross and all that it means. Brothers and sisters, we know in our own lives, in our own times, that the faith is easily perverted. There are false prophets and false prophecies always abound. There is idolatry. There is blasphemy. The gospel of the one who had no place to lay his head becomes reimagined as a promise of wealth, promise for riches that is in line with the best of consumerism. There's something afoot that's called Christian nationalism here in our country and abroad that promotes a vision that would make 
the prophet Micah shudder, for it lays aside justice, gives no regard to kindness, and does not seek humility. And so we, we must hold fast to our proclamation of God's foolish message realized in the cross, not be ashamed to proclaim it, because it is who we are. It is how we define ourselves. Without the cross, we are not defined. We are not Christians. Theologian Miroslav Volf wrote, In a world of violence, the cross, that eminently countercultural symbol that lies at the heart of the Christian faith is a scandal. He's writing this in our times. There is genuinely no Christian way around the scandal of the cross. That is Miroslav Volf saying, eminently countercultural. Foolishness in the first century, foolishness in this century. But still, we, as followers, we rejoice in our scandalous proclamation of Christ crucified, Christ risen, Christ alive, Christ ascended, Christ enacted in our lives. So let us proclaim him in our lives, in our worship, in what we are doing here today. We are here because of the crucified Lord. We are here because of Christ's death and resurrection. You know, this week, um, we got the news that uh, we had lost one of, our, one of our saints. Saint Paul said that we are all saints. We lost Sylvia Lore. It's thought that she probably passed away last Friday, not two days ago, but last Friday. And I remember her for her proclamation of Christ crucified. Her proclamation to me was her kindness to me, her welcome to me. Jesus says there in, later in Matthew's Gospel, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, it's easy to forget the difficulty of coming into a new church, or coming into a new community, and wondering, you know, how do I fit in here? Where is my place? Who cares if I'm here for the first time or the fifth time, the 20th time? Who will welcome me? Who will proclaim Christ crucified to me by their actions? That's what I remember about Sylvia. And I would encourage everyone here to... Um, fully live into that welcoming presence. We have a group called Invite Welcome Connect that is designed and geared for that. And if we were in some churches, we'd all turn to each other and say, hi, my name is Dion Thompson, and, and who are you? That is a way of proclaiming the gospel, making it real, because that is what is, in the end, the most important. It's not our deeds, I mean, it's not our, our wealth, rather, our, you know, degrees, not all of that 
that we bring into this place, that we take from this place. What is real is our message, our proclamation. Christ crucified, Christ enacted, and so that we, each in our own way, do justice and love kindness, walk humbly with our God, and walk well with each other. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I invite you to affirm our ancient faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, prayers of the people. God of all mercy, your son brought good news to the world. Fill us with your spirit that all may see in us his likeness. Let us pray. We pray for your holy Catholic Church, especially for the Diocese of Central Pennsylvania and our neighboring Episcopalians worshiping at Grace Church in Newmarket. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. We pray for our bishops, Eugene and Robert, and for all bishops, priests, and deacons. 
We also pray for our candidates for bishop, the Reverend Carrie Schofield Broadbent, the Reverend Alyssa Newton, the Reverend Greg Mor Morris, the Reverend J. Randolph Alexander, Jr., their families, and our transition committee. We pray for Joe, our president, West, our governor, Stewart, our county executive, Gavin, our mayor, and for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed, especially Sylvia Lore, eternal rest. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning. Drive far from us all wrong desires. Incline our hearts to keep your law and guide our feet into the way of peace. That having done your will with cheerfulness during this day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you true repentance and repentance of your sins and the grace and consolation of his most holy and life-giving spirit. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Good morning. Please be seated for just a few minutes.
Once again, welcome to this sacred space. We are truly blessed by your presence and the energy that you bring here, and we are grateful to you for your presence. If you happen to be here for the very first time, or after a long hiatus and have found your way back home, we especially want to say welcome here. And we have a lot going on, and we'd like to connect with you. The best way for us to connect with you is, um, is if you fill out one of the connection cards that you can find in the bulletin, or, the, or use the QR code in the bulletin so that we can get to know you. We also have a welcome table right near the exit, which will be manned or staffed by Sally Garrett and Joe Tetlow today. And they'll be glad to tell you what God is up to in this part of the world. Friends, um, Father Dion in his sermon really hit on some points of what it means to live and be in Christian community. And we received many invitations through that message. But one invitation that I'd like all of you all of you to remember is this. When we come to the foot of the cross, we are all equal in God's sight. God does not look, look at where we have come from, where we have been, but God sees us as God's children, and we are invited to participate in that sacred meal of redemption. That is the message, the ultimate message of love given on the cross. Now, when we do come here as equals, whether in tincting or drinking from the common cup, I invite you, when you circulate in the context of this building, to take a look around and to see. Many of us are going through very difficult times. Some of us are at the pinnacle of joy in our life but a lot of us are going through difficult times. Whatever it is, just take a moment, take one moment to look into the eyes of someone you have not said hello to before and introduce yourselves. Let not the words that were just spoken lie fallow, but use that as a tangible means to actually develop some human connection and empathy, for that is the message of the cross and of the sacrament of the body and blood of Christ. So, with that said, I'm going to invite each and every one of you to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your word spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember, we remember his death, death. we proclaim his and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country, 
where with Saint Anne and all your saints we may ever enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church and the author of our salvation, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with the spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength Beloved, in the midst of this broken world, God has shown us what is good and what the Lord requires of you. But to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so, the blessing of God, revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you and remain with you in order to fulfill this joyous commitment to God. Amen.
love and serve the Lord.